Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to the one, the only hog talk podcast. And we are part of believe and the buzz radio network where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as the buzz to 106.7 in central Arkansas. So please like rate and review our podcast, leave a five-star review. I'm your host Porter Hayes of sports and culture, Arkansas. Alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas fight and all live shows are presented by Arkansas brewing company in downtown Ozark, Arkansas, as well as bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first to market odds and lines. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, Props and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first bet deposit. Bet Online, where the game begins. And tonight, going to the Camelot Exteriors Hotline, we are honored to bring it in. The Baz, David Basil from 103.7 The Buzz, Little Rock Touchdown Club. Um, it, it's been an interesting offseason, and, and, and to say the least. <laughs> so we really appreciate your time along with what you've got going on with the show but uh, and, and with the offseason. But, uh, again, thank you for coming on tonight. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, crap. It's not even the offseason. It's where everybody's exhausted. I mean, we're all just exhausted from the last week, and uh, you know, such is the world we live in now. And and um, it's it's crazy times. And you imagine, you know, those of us who cover it out there, you imagine the coaches trying to manage it. You know, for Sam Pittman, I thought he had, you know, he did not look good in his press conference this week. He he looked dejected and and beaten down. And you know, part of me I wants to, to text Kyle Parkinson and say, listen. If we're going to do these darn press conferences, and that's his going to be his body language, turn the darn cameras off. Okay, you know, he, you know, he just looks defeated, and you know, down in the dumps. You know, if, if the team had that kind of body language walking out on the field, he'd chew their backside out and get them back in the locker room, and tell them to come back out again. But uh, you know, I know, I know he's discouraged and and this and that, and I, I'm not happy with about it either. But he's got to, he's got to be the leader out there, and he's got to. You know, you know, put his stake in the ground and say, "I don't like the way things go, but we're going to make it." We're, you know, regardless what people think, we're making progress. Even if you're not, you got to put on that kind of face. But yeah, it's crazy times, and you guys know it in the world of college football. And, and I told Jacob this kind of started after the Liberty game. You know, that first game where he lost a game that he was supposed to win. And just the dejection, you were talking about that after the Missouri game, but it, it even seemed like I, I remember doing a press conference where he was talking about um, the uh, importance of having recruits come on for Coach Dyfel and what it does for the, the softball program. And even in a positive manner, he was dejected, and you could just see a certain sense of, well, I usually come out at the 52 mark. Well, I come out now at the 56 mark. And, but – to be real, it was like that was – if you want to talk about like red flags, 
now at the end of the season, that's a red flag you can look back at a happy moment. You're like, man, you think you would be, especially as much support as he gives a, uh, as a program like softball, he just seemed monotone. Like I was waiting on him to say Bueller, Bueller, yeah. you know, and, and but Jacob, you can you you can kind of touch on it, but it was just that's what really now looking back, where it was really a tone setter for me on his his dejection in the season. Yeah, that tone setter. I mean, it really started during the end of that South Carolina game, David, into the Missouri State game, and things just kind of you know spiraled out throughout the season. It was just kind of a it was hard to watch, and and you expected them to kind of turn the ship back around. Did you ever experience anything like that before besides the Chad Morris era where nobody was ever holding on to the rope at all? I mean, they pretty much gave up after the second game. Uh, have you ever seen any kind of coach in Arkansas's history and during your time covering the team? Have you seen anything like this? Well, you know, geez, well, as bad as it is this year, boys, it, 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 it will never be as bad as it was. You know the two years under Chad Morris. That that was the worst of the yeah. worst. The worst. Yeah. So I think you know you, you go back. It, you know you had the gut punch at A and M. I, I don't know if this team ever recovered. The whole season pretty much just you know to me, it just that's a game you dominate. You're just dominating. Look like a top ten team there in the first half, leading up to that you know the KJ fumble and, and return for the touchdown. And and we never we were on the ropes the entire rest of the game. And it was it was a miracle we came back at all. And I think you know we, we you know this year you, you, you lost a couple of guys, you know like a Grant Morgan, you know mm-hmm. that was just was a vocal leader. Nothing against the guys we have now, and I love Bumper and and KJ. But you lose Grant Morgan, you lose Burks, who is such a prominent, dominating figure that he didn't have to talk a lot. He was just his presence was there. So you didn't quite have that leadership, and you know they hit some animosity and. Uh, you know, thing that you know, struggles happen. Then you got injuries, and then you got the debacle of the way we handled the whole, you know, um, uh, quarterback situation. You know, and it's interesting. I think too. Before I forget, you know, I, I think part of the problem we're seeing now with Arkansas and transfer portal is, you know, you know, most people expect, you know, if you look at A and M, they got multiple five stars that are four stars that aren't playing, and they're going to get in the portal. We, we've got guys that. You know that you're two or three stars, and they're getting in the portal. And you know, you know, I think back to some of those times when those when we had you know, di, di, you know, di, you know, di, you know, leads that were okay, and we never would substitute. We had the first team in there through basically the yeah. fourth quarter. Never played Hornsby first three games, and we talked, we talked, you know, you know, on and on and on about how important it was. Greatest, we need to get him on the field. And I got so tired of hearing about two, you know, during the spring practice. We got this guy's a great player. We got to get him on the field. Because we we pull him out, you know the transfer board pull him back in, and then we don't play him for three games, and so you wonder why. And then you put him in, you have two, you know, kooky plays that don't work, you know, and, and it was, you know, you hadn't touched the ball in three games, and I, I just thought that was mismanaged. And um, I don't I don't know, you know, I like Sam, and I, and I you know, I sort of wish Sam. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know if he's disconnected with some of the players, but I need that that offensive line coach Sam Pittman to be back. I, I need I need somebody with fire, and I don't sense that. And and you know maybe you know you're losing coaches that all makes a difference. But man, you gotta you gotta show that you know you gotta show that you, you believe in this team and you believe in your players. You know, run their butt off if they're not playing. That's fine, and I know it's difficult to do that. But 
it just yeah I don't feel that confidence and uh, you, you mentioned the Liberty game you know that was another one where that was a that was an intimidating butt kicking that we had and and that is not a, a Sam Pittman team and I sort of felt that this was a team that did not have that that fight in them that uh, I kept saying I want to see a street fight get, get on there start I don't, get a fifteen yard penalty. Push somebody. Don't get thrown out, but push somebody back or talk some trash. I just didn't see that that grit that we had last year, and again, some of that's leadership. So you know, all those things, to, you know, put together, guys, it just sort of adds up to. And then also, you got the money issue now with transfer portal and all that. It, it really the, the the program sort of feels like it's on the ropes a little bit with the losses of coaches, losses of players, you know, commitments, uh, and you know, if that's perception, sometimes you know, perception is not reality, but. In this day and age, perception is important. Do, do you think the nine-win season last year was a curse? Do you think that really, you know, when, when we look at the program as a whole and how the fans' perception, do, do you think him coming in, going three and seven, and then winning nine games, when they haven't built a depth, they haven't built the depth that they had on defense, on offense, and you're you're talking about Malik and and – the biggest thing with me is why practice him and then pull him at the you know right there at the at the game. But do you think that really you know I, I've told so many people, you know if you have that underdog mentality and you're climbing to the top, you have something to prove. Well, then when you get to the top, you have nothing to prove. That's much harder to to maintain than it is to climb to the top. Do you th- so? Do you think that that nine win season last year was a curse? Well, you know, I mean, you certainly, you know, did that change Sam Pittman and, you know, Jimmy Sexton now as the agent and what about money before, why you make the move and all that. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a, it's a curse. I mean, that's what you want to have happen. That was, you know, I, I know, it, you know, he used to not who we have on the show quite a bit. He just said, when you do that, when you win nine games, boy, you've raised the expectations. But my goodness, that's what you want. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah. You know? Did it come too fast? You know, I don't know. I, you know, definitely the program got a benefit out of the COVID year by having so many of these guys stay around. And that certainly helped. And and um, but but you know that's what you and, and and listen to be all to be fair. You have four games this year, right? Four games that you lose by three points or less. Three of those were two points. So you know you win those three or four of those close games. You know last year you won those. You didn't this year. That's the difference between six and eight or nine. So it wasn't like they they didn't have chances. You know, again, A and M. You know, again, finding a way to win. You know, you have injuries to KJ in the, in the Mississippi State game and LSU game, and it wasn't like they're that far away. To be honest with you, uh, but you just tell that just this this team didn't quite have that it factor to win those close games. Yeah. And and you you think about it, they were close this year, and I don't like to go back because I remember hearing during the Brett Bielema tenure, oh we're close, we're close, yeah. and you hear yeah. it over and over and over again. But I mean, they really were. I mean, I, I saw fight in that Ole Miss game where they went after KJ after KJ had that uh, punch swung at him. I, I thought, man, this team's got the fight. This is a right. swagger. Like right. you you like to see that those kind of things. Right. But man, they lost their swagger during that Texas A and M game right before halftime and they just never were able to regain it like you said like this team if they had ended up finding a way to beat texas a&m it's a whole completely different season. sure sure you, you can. and 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 it kind of you know and that's what happens when you go six and six you want to see changes the fan base is ready for a change they are exhausted with seeing the same thing over and over and over again so you see the change with uh with the new tight ends coach with dal Loggins leaving you bring in uh matt turner from stanford who's coached 
some pretty daggum good tight ends. Yeah, he's put a lot of guys in the league. And then you bring in a new defensive coordinator who's been with Gus and been with Chiswick throughout his career. What do you think about those two hires, David? Uh, do you think uh, – think, I think Sam uh, probably brought in two of the best hires he could have, could have done. Well, the tight ends coach for sure. Obviously, Stanford's done a good job of producing great tight ends, and I think he's been there over there ten years. So, guy can coach some tight ends, you, you know. But if if you look at what you lose, you know, the the the, the you'll, we'll see the jury's out because if if uh, Loggins ends up taking, you know, he's already got Knox, which you know, so be it. But you know, I get it. You know, you know, Sam Pittman didn't recruit Knox. It was you know Justin Stepp, who's at USC now. I mean, it's Southern. I mean, at South Carolina now. But but if you also if you end up losing those tight ends. We'll see yeah. that that turned out you 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 know boy that was a that was a big blow to lose him and I'll, I'll be honest with you guys you know talk about perception you know the the the, the and I, I guess this it's not been made official right you know the coordinator for Travis Williams that, that I mean it's unofficial right but it hasn't been made official correct no it's not been no. official not yet so, not so by the U of A just let me do the count Jim Leonard was the first name mentioned oh we'd love to get him Jeff oh yeah Georgia Tech Jeff Collins Trey mm-hmm. Scott. Georgia defensive yep. line coach, uh, Baylor's Ron Roberts, yep. Tulane's Chris Hampton, and then uh, now Travis Wick. That's six. Yeah, six. So you know, again, had no idea if Tra- if Travis Williams was the first guy we go after, uh, but but it doesn't have a lot of experience. You know, I went to Auburn. You know, mostly basically he's a he's an Auburn man. And he's a Gus Malzahn man. And he, he, I think he's only had one year or two years of being a coordinator. That mean he can't be a great coach, but. Boy, you know, and not that on paper is the most important thing, but if you compare it to some of the other guys we were looking at, boy, that's – but but I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I, this is what I said on the show this week. I don't care who he is. I don't care what his name is. I don't care where he's from. Get us out of the three digits in defense. And the three digits is when you're ranked 100 or more, you're one of the worst in America. And for two years in a row, we've been over 100 a hundred in uh, total defense, scoring defense, everything. And so I don't care who it is. I don't care. I'm not going to say, oh, this is a bad hire. Just you, we can do better. And I, and I like Barry Odom, but didn't get the job done defensively. If you look, look at the figures now, you know, the year before we did, but, but we, we can be a lot better uh, yeah. than where we were. And the point I was going to make is you being – a former player, you being vetted into this university. So it speaks true to you. You take that pride in what the university does. And we're talking about, you know, what Arkansas has done and the expectations. And you talk about the Chad Morris years. Well, that second year at Chad Morris, everybody done forgot about, you know, they did knew he wasn't a good coach. So when you have this promise of what, that, that's what I was meaning with the curse of the nine-win season is you have this promise of, okay, this guy's got us in the right direction. We're, we're, we're moving forward. We have this nine-win season, and then this year happens. Does, does that deflate you more because you've seen the promise? You bet. You bet. You, there's no question about it. Yeah, you, you, you raise those expectations. You know, it's, uh, there's no question that the heat is more intense because you feel like you've taken fans are going, wait a minute, I thought we were going the right direction. The three conference wins the first year, you know, New Year's Day Bowl, and also, man. And I'll tell you, boys, you know, there's a good chance, you know, that Kansas could beat us. And they're, yeah. they're excited about being in Memphis. We're not, and which is under understandable. But, you know, then you wind up six and seven. So, 
there's no question that the heat is stronger when the expectations are higher and you don't you don't achieve. So looking at next year, I mean, would you say that this would be the most important year underneath Sam Pittman? Because let, let's be honest, you, you can't have another six-win season or that seat's going to get hot. I mean, what, what do you think, and you see the dejection in his face and how it, 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 I know I'm being dramatic about it in a sense, but I can't help but think about how he was sounding and putting the picture of Hunter Juracek's face with that Arkansas jacket and his just looking so dejected when Chad, I can't help but put those two things together. So going into next year, I mean, how important do you think that is for him next year? Oh, it's huge. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting how, you know, one minute, you know, you could run for governor here. And I'm telling you, he knows. He's no dummy. He's been around. You only win six games next year or seven games, and, you know, you're getting paid four or five million. Now, this is a, this is a production business. I mean, you're getting paid, you know, seven digits. You expect to, to win. Yeah, if you remember, you remember, guys, Bielema was eight and five, and momentum was headed in his direction. The program was headed back. He loses Sam Pittman, comes back that next year, has a 20-point lead at Missouri, loses that game. Goes to you know the the, the, the Charlotte Bowl, whatever that's called, and yep, Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech twenty point lead, and all of a sudden it it's over. He, he, the next year it's all apart. He's gone. So this thing is a fragile deal. It, it really it can unravel very easy. And but at the same time, you know, getting KJ back was was a big help. That was and I'm sure they had to pay you know a, a bunch of money to, to get him to stay. That's me. That's my that's my guess. You know, based, that's that's a world we live in these days. Yeah, based on, on what we're hearing, the way this thing works, and um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very fragile. If, if he comes out and they stumble next year, you betcha it's going to be, and he knows it. I mean, I don't tell you anything, and and I think most everybody wants him to succeed, but uh, you know, it's 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 crazy times out there, and and uh, it's very challenging, and momentum is important, and um, and and he can rally, but but I'll tell you, it's going to be tough. If you go to Missouri, Memphis and lose this ball game, you know, in a few weeks, and you're six and seven, whew, it's, t- it's tough. Yeah, and, I mean, you definitely don't have a momentum going on your side there, and especially with with the de- the dejection that they have going through the program right now. And I, you know, I, I I don't like really to say it's dejection. I mean, I think it's more of you've been hitting the gut over and over and over again, and you're losing. I mean, just. The other day, we lost Isaiah Nichols, a guy that's been in the Arkansas locker room, a guy that I didn't expect to transfer. I thought he might be back for next season. That was a surprise. I mean, you're you're basically you remember that game where uh, we played LSU in Fayetteville back in 2020 or in the COVID year. This is this is about the death chart that you're going to have uh, when you play Kansas. And, and I like what you said though, David. Like they they're not excited to be there in 2015. They were excited to be there. Yeah, and. And I guess that's a good thing and a bad thing because yeah. if you're not settling, and then I guess that's the one good takeaway we can take away from it. You're, you're not settling. Okay, that bowl game is not okay. We know where we want to be. Yeah. But in the same sense, I want to bring up Jalen Catalan, the guy who we thought would go pro, decided to enter the transfer portal. That That's more alarming to me than anything. The guy that was true to this university – yeah. Not only did he say, no, I'm not coming back to Arkansas. 
I'm going to go try to do better and, and declare for the NFL draft. He decides to go to the transfer portal. And we've seen what kind of impact that had on the defense from the get-go of this season. And, and for him to say that he – I wouldn't say the term's giving up on the team, but in a sense it's like he's giving up on this team and he's going to go, try to go elsewhere. That's what's alarming for me heading into next year when it comes to this defense and, and what kind of locker room we expect next year. Yeah, well, think about it. You, you know, you lose Catalina Slusher. Then you lose both your linebackers, Bumper and Sanders. You lose Nichols right now. So you got a, you know, a different-looking defense than you started the season for this last game. And then on offense, Stromberg at center, Trey Knox at tight end, almost all the receivers. You know, I mean, it is it is a – you know, it reminds me of what happened to, to uh, Penn State last year. And yeah. our, it's them. I mean, you know, people may not remember, but that was not the Penn State team that, nope. that played throughout the year. And so – uh, of course, you've got young guys who get a chance to step up, but you know it's it's not going to be easy to win that game where you've got that much uh, talent missing. And then I think it's fair to come back and ask, yeah, you know, Catalan, that's a strange move. Slusher, we got we've heard the story there, but Nichols, that's sort of a yeah. interesting one. Knox, we sort of understand. We know this deal with Sanders and Bumper. Um, you know, the receiver. Well, Odom, like not, not like Odom really got me. Like I understand you want to be a head coach, but it's like UNLV. Like that that's what got me. It's like UNLV. It's like and and that was and I guess when I'm making this argument is if that would have been the first person that Pittman would have called, maybe it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But that was the first like they made a big production about that. Like when they had him on the SEC network, when they hired Sam Pittman, oh, I've already got Barry Oma on the line. He's coming down from Missouri, and then he bounces on you for UNLV. That's a head scratcher for me. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you, you know, he, you, you have a certain amount of a shelf life and, and, you know, you ask Houston Nutt, ask uh, uh, Phil Fulmer, you know, those guys who, who want to get back into coaching, you know, when they've been out a few years and every year that passes, you don't, you're not a head coach. It gets very difficult. And then, the, then you throw in the other part, let's see what he's done. Let's look, let's look at the numbers. Let's look. You know, I, I think if, if, I, if I got another year, if I have another year like I've had the last two years, if you look at the numbers, you know, nobody's going to hire me. So I, I think he saw an opportunity. Uh, and, and then, man, well, you know, you hires Bobby Petrino. Are you kidding me? You know, that, to be a, but I, I think that's, a, you know, of course, again, again, that's a blow to Sam, too, because you got a guy who's been recruiting all year. And, you know, and um, so that's, 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 that's a tough one there, too. And then you bring in somebody that, you know, you know, most people don't know about, you know, which I don't think is the most important thing, but recruiting is the other part of this thing. It's just, you know, between the money that you're having to pay, you know, transfer portal and maybe a high school guy coming in or whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's tricky territory and to keep the, you know, commitments you have now, you know? Yeah. The, the top end of the class, and I've talked to a couple of the commits that are on that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think you're going to be able to retain most of them. Right. But you look at the offensive side of the ball, how much of an impact was Dow Loggins in the recruiting part of this <laughs> thing? Because because you've already lost Jaden Ham, who was committed right. out of Kansas. Right. I lost him this morning. He lost Stephen Johnson, a defensive tackle, who he wasn't really highly rated according to two four seven sports, but he right. was he was a monster of a man. You can't you can't teach size. Yeah. I mean Campbell was a three star guy. He's he's a he's got a high motor, but you can't teach size. And and that's what you hate to lose, but yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, you lose Dow Loggins as a recruiter. I think that impacts this thing. 
And I mean, I, I think you got a, like a good hire out of that uh, with, with Matt Turner, like we said earlier. So I, 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 if you look at it two, you look at it two ways, you can look at it as your cup half full and your cup half empty. You can either be pissed off about the way things are going, or you can look at it and say, I like the way that, that Sam's hired his assistant coaches. And maybe, maybe if you look at it with, with it half full, things you have the potential to be better. And I think Arkansas does have the potential to be better next season with the return of, of some players. And then, then you still have a whole portal season. Well, here's the deal too. You know, Haas, the kid, you know, you know, that yeah. somebody you don't want to lose. No, you lose him. And, but, but I, listen, I want these kids, you know, I don't know about you guys, but it, for me, most of the time when you go to a school, you, you the head coach is a key reason. Right. So, I, you know, I don't care who leaves. You know, in my mind, you know, Sam Pittman, you know, that's his reputation, great recruiter. You know, I, I don't care who your position coach is that leaves. I, I, I want that connection to be so strong with the head coach. It doesn't matter. Coach, I'm coming because right. I believe in you. I believe in what your vision is for the program. I'm, I, you know, I hate to lose Coach Loggins, but, man, I'm a Razorback. So if, if that's not the case, then, then Sam's got to turn up the, the effort on his part in selling his vision and connecting with those kids instead of relying on, on the position coach to do that. I'm sure that's what his goal is, but obviously, you know, that may not be, you know, you know, may not be done. But think about this, guys, too. Not only does he have to do that, now he's got this money issue, um, which, you know, I listen, I've talked to several donors in the last week. Uh, the collective has been calling and say, I need 100000 No joke. I need 100000 Can you give us 50000 so you got double dipping going on because you got the collective calling and wanting money. You got the U of A calling and wanting money. And then you all of a sudden you find out that, you know, we may have paid a certain you know, player $300,000 this year for marginal production, and he's in the portal. It's a stupid business model when we're just cutting these big old checks like these guys are NFL players, and they produce nothing on the field, and then they leave the next year. That's why it's a goofy, mixed-up, out-of-whack uh, system that these coaches know they've got to change. They, they can't come out publicly and say, I mean, what Sam Pitt said the other day was, first I've ever heard somebody say something about where this is headed. He's right. But, but they've got to go behind closed doors and say, this is not working. Let's figure out something we can do to try to, to try to stop this. And I don't know if there's an answer or not, but the way it is now, they know this is not a sustainable model. It's just it's too much money. And, 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 and whoever, again, who is deciding how much they need to pay KJ Jefferson? And are they worth that much money? I mean, really, you know, you know, 50,000, 20,000. Are you saying six digits, six figures, two or three hundred thousand dollars for an average receiver that you really don't even, you know, you have all this hype, you come in and, and, and you don't produce. It's like, I, I just, it's, it's just bad business. It's, it's a stupid <clears throat> business model if that's what we've become. Well, and, and that's the thing. We're, we're, we're talking about it as a stupid business model, but they're stupid enough to pay that. Yeah, sure. You, you, you're giving, and this is what, and we'll end it with this. You're giving social media to everybody. Now you're giving these donors and these money guys, hey, you can be a part of the program. You can pay these players to come. Oh, I want to pay $250,000 to this player I got him to come to Arkansas, right. or I got him to come. And all it is is a, an ego, and I can't cuss because this is going on the buzz, but, 
you know, you, you, you sit there and say, I gave him this amount of money. He's coming to Arkansas. It's ego. So do you, and, and, but what point do we hate the player? Because it's the fact that if they're willing to give me this money, Hey, I'm taking that money. No, it's, listen, it's not the player's yeah, fault. Exactly. And Arkansas is not the only one doing it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody. And, and you heard him say A&M's got, you know, he didn't say it, but, you know, you know, A&M's got more money than Arkansas, Alabama. We do have money. But now I finally heard what I thought was probably happening was this collective now has started reaching out to donors already giving mm-hmm. to them. And now we've got two streams of revenue they need. One is paying the players and the other is, is, is supporting the athletic department. So I think every athletic department in America is going to be challenged. Some will have more money than others. I think the whole, the whole thing is, is not a good uh, model. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I'm against players getting paid. This won't work. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this off season as these guys, you know, are, and this all started guys. Let me tell you what this started because TV has so much, they're printing money for these universities and the coaches are, we're making 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, 5 every year, 6 million, 8 million, 10 million. And of course, you, you coaches are making ten. They're making double what NFL coaches because you don't have to pay anybody else. And you know what you do? You say, you know what, guys, we're keeping all that money here at the college. But you, you players, you go out and you get all you want to now. And it's just created just a. It's just oh my gosh, a crazy time. Uh, it'll be interesting. I still love the college football game. I still love the game of college football. I think it's one of the greatest games around. Uh, I just hate to see all this happening. And it's just I, I feel I feel bad for the coaches having to figure out a way to get it done and. Uh, hopefully Arkansas, regardless, and I want Arkansas to win regardless, though. If we got to pay, it's like everybody else, I want us to win, too. So, And, and I told Jacob, the, the the moment that the NCAA, I blame this on them in the NCAA. We, we, we want to talk about the deep-rooted part of this. The second that the NCAA made this a business, the players should be able to be paid because you are making this a business. Hey, let's let these players pay for fee, but we're going to give each school sixty million dollars to be on TV. We're we're going to put your jersey and 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 I guess what really I'm an old head like you are. I remember the Fab Five and Jalen Jalen uh, Rose and and uh, Chris Weber when they done their uh, Fab Five show on Thirty for Thirty, and he was walking by a window and he was like, "Why is my jersey in this window for seventy dollars?" This is in the 90s. Yeah. And he was like, why is my jersey in this window for $70 and I get nothing? I'm eating Raymond noodles. And, and yeah. I know. Fair point. You, you can't, I mean, you can't take it with a grain of salt, but still, yeah, you see the point. And that was in the 90s. So if they're making it a business now and saying we're giving each school Vanderbilt $60 million just because they're the, 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 they're a part of the SEC, you know, you see why the players want it. And I see the point. But yet, you made a great point about the coaches. And I've told Jacob, look at Jimbo Fisher. Do you think he made that $70 million contract at Texas A&M? Or did Jameis Winston give him that contract? Look at Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Did he get that contract? Or did Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence give him that contract? You know, but it's all a domino effect, and how do we control it? And, and, and the only thing that I can compare it to is the land rush back in the old days in Oklahoma. Everybody's out to get their money in the NIL. Let's open this free market, and now we're like, oh, crap, what do we do with it? Right. Yeah. Well, David, if you don't have anything else left tonight, man, we do appreciate you coming <laughs> on. Uh, 
if you want to promote your uh, show, uh, Morning Mayhem, Monday through Fridays, and, and Little Rock uh, Touchdown Club, you go right ahead, brother. Well, listen, guys, I, people are sick of me promoting all the stuff I do. I, I'm, we I'm, ain't. I'm, I'm overexposed. And, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a great year uh, for, uh, for both of those. You know, Morning Mayhem, we lost Tommy Smith and, and uh, added Justin Moore. Justin Moore's been a great addition to our morning show. And uh, obviously, he's had 11 number ones, but, but man, he, lo- he knows the sports. He's passionate, funny. He's done a great job along with Roger and RJ, and, and we've had great ratings. And uh, so really grateful for that. Of course, Touchdown Club just took it to another level, just national, millions of hits nationally with a Gruden visit. And then uh, Orgeron, four million views from what he said. And Paul Feinbaum called it the best Touchdown Club in America. So we're really proud of what we've been able to accomplish with all of our our team, volunteers. Nobody makes money off this. And all of our great sponsors. It's been a – now, of course, the challenge, talk about pressure – you know, I, I, it's almost like I had a nine and four season. You know, last year I had Eli Manning and Vern Lundquist and and Terry Bradshaw, and I said I'll never be able to top that. And then this year, you know, it's just been you know national news <laughs> every few weeks. It's like God, I don't know how I'm going to top this next year. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, of course, it's been really crazy. It's seven days a week, you know, going to all the games and then touchdown club on Monday and then doing the show. But I'm blessed, boys. I think we're all blessed to get, get to talk about sports and talk about life and uh, entertain folks and, and uh, still root on the Razorbacks. Um, so life's good. I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. And, and listen, glad to have you guys on Buzz too. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get you guys on more often and, and find out what you guys are talking about and give you guys some, some love and promotion too. Well, and, and the biggest thing, man, you've lived it. You, you played for the Razorbacks. You've done radio. You're doing, you're, you're doing more beyond just football and you're doing the Little Rock Touchdown Club. So, when we talk about, like, we always give Drew Morgan, you know, his praise about being the ultimate Razorback of being for Arkansas. We got to put you in that in, in that category. Because, and, man, no, no bull crap because – I'm the old guy. Listen, I'm the old. You you're, the you're the old, but yet yeah. you – Listen, can you, can, you, can you believe the Brawls Award is 27 years old? That's crazy. Seven years old. Yeah, the boot, all that stuff, Tusk, 27 – Years And so, yeah, you know, I came from Panama City, Florida. This state's been so good to me. I'm so proud to be a part of it. And, and I bang the drum of Arkansas wherever I go nationally. And, and everybody's been good. And uh, I, I'm blessed. I'm just blessed to do what we do. Let, let's listen in on this. How cool is it that you designed a rivalry trophy? Like, 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 you know, you think about you being a competitor and playing for Arkansas. How cool is it to saying, I got to design a rivalry trophy? Yeah, it was cool. You know, obviously, you know, I, I did not do the – I was asked to do the, the Missouri-Arkansas game, and a lot of fans hate that. But I did design that trophy because I was asked to do it. But the boot was something I came up with because Coach Brawls had asked me, you know, to do that. And that's been a fun series over the years, and uh, they've had they've got a little bit of an advantage over us. And uh, But it's been fun. It's been fun to watch that be a, you know, a thread. What what that will really be cool, guys, is when that that, that trophy game is 50 years old. And you think of all – we're at 27 years now. Been a lot of great games both ways. And, and I know to, for LSU, winning a national championship is more important. Same thing for us. But it's cool that there's something that the guys play for, to, you know, and, and the players enjoy winning that. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to see, that, to see that thing age over time, almost three decades. Well, David, again, man, an honor for having you to come on. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely chop it up. We'll come on 103.7 The Buzz. We'll bring you and your guys on our show. We'll do as much as we can to cross-promote this. But, 
Uh, again, thank you for your time coming on, and we'll, we'll chop it up again in the future. Sounds good. Porter Jacob, thanks, guys. Appreciate it so much. Go Hawks. Thank you, sir. Hey, David. Thanks, man. Well, that was David Baz, the, the, the Baz. Uh, Jacob, man, it's just one of the things that you talk about true Razorbacks, and oh, yeah. he's, he's up there. You know, and, and what I what I mean by that, I, I was not, you know, sugarcoating anything. When you play for the Razorbacks, and then when you leave the Razorbacks, and you still want to do as much as you can for the University of Arkansas. I mean, making the battle line, doing the Little Rock touchdown yeah. clubbing, doing one hundred three seven the buzz, staying true. You know, kind of like what Matt Jones is. You know, and and coming back and being a part of ESPN Arkansas. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what it is to be like to be a Razorback and to keep giving back to the fans and the community that gave to you. And and he's he's an ambassador. I mean, there's no lie. And I don't know, other than Frank Broyles, you know, what he did for the University of Arkansas and as an athletic director, I mean – Baz has got to be up there with one of them. You're talking yeah. about people. He's you, one of the most recognizable guys. Well, and, and, and underrated. I, I don't think yeah. people give him enough credit on what he has exactly done for the University of Arkansas. And so it was really good to have him come on, and we'll definitely be doing some more cross-promoting with the um, – you know, 103.7, again, a year in. I can't believe we've been a part of their network for a year now. Um, and, you know, so it's just I'm looking forward to 2023 when we, you know, do some cross-promoting with him. But we're going to hit a commercial break. After the break, we're going to talk some football, basketball, and, and, and wrap this thing up for the new year. Yes, sir. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? your pasture brush hogged, or need your driveway bladed. Here at Grindit Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. 
Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. And welcome back to the Hawk Talk Podcast. And we want to give a special shout out to the Arkansas Brewing Company, who is our sponsor for all live shows. They are at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. So anytime you're in the River Valley, you want a place to get a nice drink or something bite to eat. They're always having some lunch specials. Friday night specials, always having some bands going on. So they are having a New Year's Eve party, Christmas party. So head on over to 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. Call them at 479-667-2739. Chris and Destiny Brockett will definitely get you hooked up. But, Jacob, man, what what, what an amazing conversation with, with the Baz. Kept it real. That's what we want. That I think that's where the direction it's crazy, man, how our show has evolved where we see where the things are going with our podcast and, and the show and the guests. And especially yeah. with the new era of what we've seen with Coach Pittman, we've seen the promise, and it's almost like, all right, honeymoon season's over. What are you going to show us you can do? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I love Sam. And, and – Really, I think Sam is just a product of the nine and four success that he had two years ago, and and it's it stinks like I don't like seeing the dejection on his face because you know he's trying, and I know that he wants what's best for Arkansas, and and that's the hard thing seeing seeing that struggle. But how does he come out of this? You got two ways you can come out of this, Porter, and it's either. You're going to respond to the adversity in a way that you don't want to have this taste in your mouth again, this taste of losing, this taste of dejection that you continue to have every single day, the, the taste of uh, lack of effort that you had continuously week after week after week. I want to see what Sam, how he responds this year. I want him to, I want to see him sign this class, get the players that he wants out of the portal that he thinks will be a good fit into his system on either, either side of the ball. I want to see what what the assistant coaches and the defensive coordinator can do, the new ones that come along. I want to see progress, and I want to see that fire in his belly. Because as an O-line coach, and you're moving your way up, like David said, you had to have a fire in your belly. You, you are the grittiest person, the grittiest coach, on the staff at the offensive line position. I want to see that Sam Pittman that we saw when he started at Arkansas. I want to see him have the pride. I don't want to see him dejected. Like, I, I know he's keeping it real. I know I know that he didn't have things go his way. But you have to stay confident in what you have going. You have to remain confident. If you go into your job on a daily basis and, you, and you're just going through the motions – 
things aren't going to work out for you in the end, and you're not probably going to stay there very long. But you have to be sick of the the feeling that you've had, and you got to set your eyes forward and say, "I don't want to feel that again. It's it, over, and this is this is my this is my time." It, it's exactly what I told David. You, you know, when he came to Arkansas, he w- had never been a head coach. No, nope. he had never been a DC. So he come into Arkansas with something to prove. And what and, and and what we're talking about when you have something to prove. You're fighting, you're clawing, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that point. Well, what happens when you get to that point? Right. He got to that point last year. And it's harder to prove yourself when you've gotten to that point opposed to trying to get to that point. And I don't right. know, me being at where I'm at at 40, you know, I've, I've, I've come a long ways of where I am as a person and a husband and a father and doing this show, and you have too. You, you start to really hold on to those things, and that's something that I've really held on to of now we've gotten to a certain point. How do we get better? Yeah. And I think that's what makes you more of a man than anything, what makes you more of a coach, what makes you more of a person, what makes you more of anything you do in your field or where you're at in your life. He's got to that point, and now he's slipped. Now, it'd be so easy to throw the book at him or – say all that's lost or say, well, he's never going to recover. I mean, that'd be the easy thing to do. Well, well, we thought it was going to be this. He didn't do it. Well, he's never been this. He's always leaned on Kendall Browse. He's always leaned on Barry Odom. Well, now Barry Odom's gone. He had a six and six season. Well, let, let's, but that's the way the fans are programmed because of what they've been through. And I sympathize for the fans. And I told you last week, I'm on the fan side of this. I'm on your side of this. I'm not a true Arkansas Razorback fan. I love the Hogs, root for the Hogs, but that's, I mean, I'm not a diehard fan. You know where my allegiance rises and lays, but it, so I see it from a different lens than you see it. I see it different yeah. from a different lens than everybody else sees it. And, and when I get pissed off about it, if that tells you anything about where I stand and I'm pissed off about it, because the fans, I, I've gotten to know this fan base. I've gotten to know the, just how loyal they are and they deserve better. And, and that's why we are so hard on someone like Sam Pittman because he, he, he wanted promise. He showed promise. He showed this. We've seen what he could be. It's like as I've said multiple times. When you have kids and they're on the A-B honor roll, they're all A's, they're all A's, they're A-B honor roll, and then they bring home D's, you're going to be disappointed because you know what they could be. And I don't care if they've been aided by super seniors or this and that. It's still your responsibility to put that product on the field. You're still the head of that program. So now you've, you've faced adversity. You got beat by Liberty. You, and, and then you turn around and you beat Ole Miss. Then you turn around and lay an egg against LSU and Missouri. Uh, and Missouri was the head scratcher of a team that you shouldn't even gotten beat by. This is where you show the true loyalty you have to this program and this fan base that the fan base has loyalty to you. Yep. And And I know I'm being harsh about it. I know that I'm being rash about it. And this might fall onto people and, and be like, well, you're being too hard on it. But but I'm being real of the fact of 
you 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 got your you got your five million dollars after one year of winning and, and getting nine wins. Are you going to give that back because you're at six wins? Or are you going to say, well, I didn't do that good. Here here's my three million back. No. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to ride off on the sunset of your lake house in Lake Hamilton and be like, ha ha, you're a churched up John L. Smith? Or are you going to hire a good tight ends coach at good DC and you're going to turn this program around? Because that's where we're at. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is being very, very brash. But you're at the point of being the greatest coach to ever coach at the University of Arkansas, turning this program around, making them to where they could be. Or you're a churched up John L. Smith. And I'm sorry if that if that pisses people off, but from an outsider's perspective, seeing this program and and, and constantly seeing the the promise and letdown and promise and letdown, that's where I'm at with this program. Because you look at you look at Sam Pittman, and you he said this is the last place he'll ever coach. And when he's done here, he's going to ride off in the sunset at Lake Hamilton or Lake, you know, Lake Washita or Hot Springs. So is he going to dupe you and take your money and go ride off in the sunset with another six and six year or six and seven year? And be like, ha ha, I've got $20 million in my pocket and I'm going to live the rest of my life good. Or is he going to really truly tell you he's about this program, about this state, proud damn state? and turn this thing around. What is he going to do? Because this is a very important year, and I challenge it. What's he going to do with this football program? And it's a very important year. I think about on the basketball side of things with Mike Anderson when he was the coach. Now, and we've seen a lot of, uh, of, of similarities between the two, the two coaches. Whether, I mean, I know it's two different sports and all, but I remember the year that Bobby Portis and Michael Qualls was – uh, was together, and and they went and they lost to North Carolina in the second round by nine, and and then they came back the next year. Okay, there's so much promise. Then you go 16 and 16, and you're like, that's not the season we wanted to have. And then Mike Anderson's squad, they were hungry. They loaded up with some good players with Daryl Macon and Jalen Barford, and and you had Moses Kingsley return. You had Dusty Hanna's return, and you had a good nucleus of players, and they almost went and, and knocked off the eventual national champion. There was hunger in that team that they didn't want to be a 500 team like they were the last year, and they turned it around and, and we're that close within two possessions of beating the eventual national champions. I'm not saying Arkansas is going to do that next year, but I want to see the hunger and the fire from Sam Pittman return. I want to see the Razorbacks, the K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, and I want to see the defense respond from a horrendous, terrible year last season. I want to see a return of not being complacent with what you are Nine and four is not your ceiling. I want to see Sam Pittman hungry for more. Because nine and four, yeah, nine and four is great. It's great compared to where we have been. But you can't put that as your benchmark and say, this is this is the best we're going to do. you got to stay hungry. Well, that's why I asked Bass if that was a yeah. curse. Because, I mean, yeah, the, the – you know, you got nine and four as a, as second year, but was that a curse? Because we're, right. we're looking at nine and four, but we're not looking at 
They had super seniors and, and all the stuff that fell in their place. Everything that fell in place last year screwed them this year. Yeah. Look at the Texas A&M game. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the field goal that fell their way. The two-point conversion against Liberty did not go their way. All the things that went their way last year didn't go the way this year. So it's it, it, it's almost like we're talking about the same season, but the outcomes were both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. But still yet, you wanted the praise when he come at 9-4, and four, but now he's 6-6, six and six, and possibly, I don't know. I mean, I don't have and, – and I've not been right every game this year that I've predicted. So hopefully – I mean, maybe me saying they – don't have a chance against Kansas will prove me wrong, whatever. I mean, it, it, and they're just losing yeah. so much, but it's just the fact that a six and seven year, what does that say about the program? But I don't really, here's the, this is what I will say. I'm not taking too much weight in this game, win or lose going into next year. Because we've seen, look at Brett Bielema going in and beating Texas and they gave him an extension. What did that get Arkansas? So does this game really matter when it comes to winning or losing this game? Does it matter? I mean, does it really matter if you win the game? Yes. How much false hope does that give you going into next season if they win this game against Kansas? Or how much false hope does that give you if they lose this game against Kansas? I mean, really looking at your side of it. Yeah. You win or lose this game, does it really matter because you don't know, one, who your DC is going to be, Two, you don't know who you're going to get in the transfer portal. Yeah, you know who you're losing, but you don't know what type of team you're going to get. So does this game in the grand scheme of how you're looking next year really matter? To me, 0%. Other than the fans' perception of, well, we got beat by Kansas, or, well, we didn't finish 6-7, and seven, that that's yeah. all that it matters to me What when I look at it. I think it's you're salvaging a winning season. That's that's the only thing I can think of is we don't want to have a losing record. I mean, that's two losing records in three seasons under Sam Pittman. That's the only thing that I can think of. Uh, I mean, you've got guys in there that are wanting to fight, that are wanting to battle, and you know it. And maybe there was some bad apples in the bunch. But maybe, you can only do so much with the transfer yeah. portal. That's that's right. where I want to really and, – and look, I've been hard. Right. I've been brash. I've been – completely open and honest, but I want to give grace where grace is due is you can't take this game and say, because you lost this game, that means you're going to be crap next year because of the transfer portal and people opting out. You can't, you cannot judge that. This is a glorified. I said this on another show. This is a glorified practice because of the transfer portal and the NFL draft. That's all it is. And a fan. Yes. I know you don't want to lose, but you, if, if you really take your fan hat off and you look at this game, you cannot look at this game, win or lose, and be like, well, this is going to be how we end up next year. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it, I think a lot of it will show, like, okay, we're going to be okay because you're seeing a lot of guys that, that you haven't seen play before. I mean, you've got a guy – you're, you're going to end up having to find another linebacker. You're going to have to find a rotation of linebackers there uh, because you lose Sanders, you lose Poole, and you've got you, – you obviously have Chris Paul, who's a freshman All-American, but then you – I mean, you got Jordan Crook as a uh, linebacker. Maybe uh, maybe he comes up as a freshman and, and, and shows promise going into next season. It's a chance to see basically what you have coming back next year. I mean, 
I think offensively, maybe you can maybe you can control the game a little bit offensively. That's what you're going to have to do because Jaden Daniels on the other side for Kansas, he's a heck of a quarterback, and and you know you don't want him to burn you because he can he can run and uh, he can he can pass too. He's a good he's an adequate passer. He's I think he's over sixty two percent passing this season. So uh, he's missed some time. I think he was. He's a catalyst of that five and zero start, and then got hurt in the sixth game and missed, I think, three or four of the next few few games. And so Kansas is going to be out to prove some things too. They want to finish with a winning record, and and they 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 have pride because this is the first bowl game Kansas has been in since what 2012. So you you've got two ends of the spectrum here, and you're right. But I I, I want to see it from a fan's perspective. I want to see them salvage salvage a winning season. But I do not think we need to take too much from this game, win or loss, because you don't know you you do not know what you're going to be playing with come April and March with uh, spring practice. It could be a wholly a whole different style or not style, but a a whole different roster moving forward. And Chuck says seven and six looks a lot better to recruits than six and seven. Not but shows but but my point is, yeah. Say they go seven and six. All right, good thing that that's cool. But you look at what they're losing, and you look at their schedule next year. But they go six and seven, and Sam Pittman just fires it in the transfer portal. He brings in a kick-ass defensive coordinator, and they prove people wrong. Yeah. If 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 sides were even, if they were bringing in their squad, and Kansas was bringing in their squad full strength, yes. Seven and six is a lot better than six and six or six and seven. But you can't sit there and gauge it because you're losing half your daggum team. Yeah. You can't hold that. And I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying that Arkansas is going to lose against Kansas. We don't know how this is going to go because they're losing people too. But you can't sit there and judge them. Well, they got beat by Kansas. They suck. Well, no, they lost to Kansas because they lost half their daggum team. Yeah. You, you can't, if you're going to give them, the the part of showing them grace for going nine and four because of the schedule and games going the right way, you cannot sit there and hold them accountable. We'll look at Penn State. Penn State last year, this is the exact same situation. Half their team was lost. Arkansas beat them. Oh my gosh, we beat Penn State. We beat a we beat a prestigious program. We're headed in the right direction. Penn State, huh? It was a watered down yeah, Penn State. It, team. it was it was a wish version of Penn State. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then and now we're on the other side of that. Now yeah. we've lost our whole team. Kansas can be like, well, we're going to be the SEC team. That shows a lot of weight, no matter who you are. Yep. And, and Matt or Hart brings up, what if Sam Pittman goes six and six again? If Sam Pittman goes six and six again, his seat's going to start getting warm. Yeah. I won't say it's getting hot. It's going to start getting warm. I'm I'm not one to sit there and throw him to the wayside because he goes six because you're losing a lot. Yeah, he's going yeah. to have to bring in somebody, and I know how much it takes. You're losing Dow Loggins, and I'm telling you right now, I I not just because I went on a show in South Carolina and told him how much he meant to Arkansas. I'm telling you, losing Dow Loggins is going to kick us in the ass. I, I know we brought in another good tight ends coach, but the recruiting aspect of what Dow was and what he was holding together at the University of Arkansas, that's going to come back. That's going to set us back a year or two. 
So if Arkansas goes six and six next year, it, it's tough to say. But I don't think it's going to be time to time to get the seat hot. But it's going to start getting warm because yeah. it's, it, I don't think his seat's warm yet. Do you? Do you think Sam Pittman's I, seat's warm I right think now? It's, I think it's getting a little – it's cooled off a lot. I think the honeymoon think, season's over. It's, it's, a lot less, it's a lot less cooler than it was uh, last season let, and midway through this let year. Let me put it this way. The plastic's off the couch. The, the, yeah. the, the, the new – the plastic's off the couch. Yeah. The newness yeah. is – the honeymoon's over. But I'm not going to sit here and say what I've said – because I'm a big component of, I want to see consistency. And I've not ever been one of them people that, well, just because what you do in one year, I'm going to hold you accountable for. You know, yeah. I, I've never been. You, to today's society is what you do in one game or one year. And look what people's got contracts after one year of doing this. Or be, these big-time players that have, have done so much success after one year. Do that three years in a row. And then you can get the big-time yeah. money. I want to see Sam if he goes six and six next year. I don't think it's out of the realm of, of him doing it. I mean, honestly, I think if you go six and six, and then you continually climb and you get seven, eight wins, okay, like things are starting to get a little stale. Obviously, I think I don't think you're. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but you cannot fall backwards any further. Than what you're what you're being at at five hundred, because you're getting paid five million dollars a year, six million dollars a year, you're expected to continue the level of winning that that you did when you got the contract extension. I think I think the nine and four season warranted a contract extension because I think that he deserved it after after navigating a team that had been uh, seven and and and. I don't know how many losses, like almost 30 in three seasons. And and then navigating the three SEC wins in the first year, going nine and four the second year, I think it was warranted that he got a pay bump. But you have to sustain what you've built, Porter. Yeah. And you cannot continue to go six and six or even fall back to five and seven. You've got to show progress. You've got to show it year after year after year. And you've got to stay hungry year after year after year. Because successful coaches, they didn't just get complacent with nine and four or eight and four seasons every year. They wanted to achieve more and get more out of of uh, of of winning. They they wanted to continue to be better, and I think that's what Sam Pittman has to learn is. Okay, I don't want to feel six and six again. I don't want to be five hundred again. I want to feel what I felt when I was nine and four. I want to feel that again. And you've got you you can't get complacent where you at. I don't I don't think anything would ever happen to Sam if he's six and six, but I think if he dips, I think that's what I'm gonna answer here, is if he dips anymore, it could be trouble time for him. Yeah, and and and, and two points okay. is the fact that the way Hunter Yurchick laid out his contract, I totally agree on he deserved a race. Because yeah. five million in the SEC and doing, you know, what he done and, and where Arkansas was at, yes. He was warranted because he, he done it two years in a row. You know, yeah, three and seven, but playing a all SEC season and COVID, all that crap that we know they've dealt with, yeah. and then going nine and four this year. Yes, bump in a row, but when you, I'll tell you this: looking at next year's schedule, 
They start at Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU. Then they have LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, by week off the bye weeks October 28th. Then they have Florida, Auburn, Florida International, and then Missouri. Yeah. So I want to go Florida International, BYU, Kent State, Western Carolina. There's four guaranteed wins that they should have. I'm saying yeah. – Four that they should have, and this is where we get into the 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 tough part of playing in the SEC and not knowing. So now we know, you know, God rest his soul. Again, our condolences to the family of uh, of Mike Leach, but you don't know who they're bringing in. They're going to have a new new coach. You play Florida at Florida, but you get. Auburn, Florida International, and Missouri all in Fayetteville. But you've got to go to Bama. you got to go to Ole Miss. And, of course, and the Donut, you've got to go to LSU. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another reason. you really got to look at the schedule and where they're at on how you depict the season. So, no. I, I know this was a very long way to answer your question, Hart. But if they go 6-6 six and six again, no, I won't be upset because of the fact of – they're not coming off a nine and four season. They're coming off a six and six season. The expectations yep. are dropped, and we know what they're losing and what they got upcoming. You're playing in the SEC, so therefore, I I would love an eight seven eight win season. But I'm saying five to six wins next year. Way too early, but I'm 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 right there at six and six five and five and seven. Yeah, and I mean obviously you see those four wins, and I'm with you. Like I, after after the first three games, I'll take an A and M win. I mean, it's going to be another tough one, but they play them tough at A and M or at a at Jerry's World every year. But that LSU game so early in the season, uh, and, and it's definitely coming off of the season that Brian Kelly had, it's going to be tough, especially with the road games. All those all those home games that we had this year in Fayetteville, it flips. And it's going to be tough. Arkansas doesn't play an SEC home game until November first, if I'm if I remember correctly. I don't have it pulled up right now. What's that? I don't think I don't think Arkansas plays an SEC game at home until November first. Unless at home, Mississippi State, they Mississippi got, State early in the year. Uh, October twenty first is their first home game, SEC yeah. home game. We get Mississippi. That's State. a long time. Yep. That's a long time. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you've got that daunted game in Arlington that really just screws yeah. things up. And, and 10, 11, 12 years later, you really don't – it's just like, okay, why do we got to keep playing? Then you go to Ole Miss. Right. I mean, so it's like you got West Carolina, Kent State, BYU. You've got at LSU. Then you got to turn around to go at Arlington, which is supposed to be a home game because it says versus, but yet it's yeah. an away game. Then you go to – Ole Miss. Then you go to Alabama. So you go from September 16th to October 21st, not playing in your stadium. Yeah. So if you want a reason why they should stop playing, other than money, screw the money, because what's money getting you if you're finishing six and six? Right. If anything should tell you why they need to stop playing that game, hey, let's stop playing in Fayetteville from September 16th to over a month. Yep. And then after that, it's an off week. So let's just really look at this. From September 16th to November 11th, they played two games in Fayetteville. That's crazy. 
I like what Chuck Pendergrass says. Are we ever going to play Florida in Fayetteville? Seems like we play them in Florida every single year, LOL. I actually, Will from uh, Natural State Sports, he uh, he texted me one time and he said, uh, you know, the Florida game in, in Gainesville in 2020 didn't count uh, yeah. towards the regular SEC calendar. So this is actually the rotation. But it seems like uh, it does – I mean, with the uh, expansion in 2012, Arkansas had to play on the road against Florida that year, and then you didn't get a return trip until uh, 2016. So it's been a while since Arkansas has been able to play them at home, and it seems like Arkansas plays them more in Gainesville than they ever played them in Fayetteville. I think they've only played them there in Fayetteville once or twice. I think 03 in 2016. Yep. I was and actually 08, there at the 03 it. game. That, o- that, that, that was the BUA. That was the BUA yeah, pass, pass interference. Yeah. yeah. That was the, o- the 03 team, the 08 team under Bobby Petrino's first year. And then 2016, you played them in Fayetteville uh, in, in a thrashing 38 to 10. But, uh, man, it's uh, it's going to be a long uh, off season. I, I hate that we haven't been able to talk a little bit of basketball. Maybe we can talk about them next week when uh, SEC play actually starts. Yeah. Well, so we, we give fun. them their, you know, that's the thing. You know, we yeah. just, we get on these rants, rants. but <laughs> it's just the fact that I, we want to tell it how it is. And here's the deal. Like yeah. 2023 is going to be a whole new deal with us. Yeah. You know, uh, I, and I'm I'm committed to it. Jacob, I know you being a fan and, and, and being vetted, it's 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 harder. I understand. It, it, but here's the deal. Like, we got to realize that we got to tell it how it is. Oh, yeah. You you have to. Um, and that's what yeah. we're leaning. We're, we're, we're moving. I, I see the leaf turning on where our show's going and being more of, of you know, tell it how it is type of show. I'm going to be that way. And yeah. no matter what sport, you know, and, and we're growing. We're doing three shows, two, three shows a week now. We got a, a Neil Harper from the Swim Dive Team coming on tomorrow. I've got the – I don't know, Jacob, if you've seen my post about the swim cap I got, but I'm going to be wearing it tomorrow night on the show. <laughs> Neil Harper's a really cool dude. Can't wait to chop it up with him tomorrow night. But, no, we're, we're going to really tell it how it is because, you know what, I, I've – I've sat there and went against the fans, and this is not like I'm giving in to the fans, but it's like you you try to not let everybody see what's behind the curtain, but it yeah. gets to the point but like, all right, th- this is what's going on. You know, and, and yeah. with the basketball team and how things are rolling, and but it's just the fact that we've, we've went on a, a, an hour and ten minutes now because of the frustrations of and the expectations. But when we dig down deep into what's going on at the University of Arkansas, the football team is the bread and butter of the university. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and when things aren't rolling, everybody's like, well, this excuse and that excuse. So the excuses are done. So 2023, moving on, we're, we will definitely won't be on next week because, of course, Christmas. Uh, again, let, let's end it with this. Because we went down the rabbit hole too much. Again, tomorrow night we're going to have – you know, Neil Harder from the Swim Dive team on the weekly Women's Sports Report. Next Sunday, we will not have a show because of Christmas. Uh, we wish everybody, everybody a Merry Christmas. We want to thank all of our fans who have, and our listeners who have made the podcast what it is, where it's at today, four years running. Um, you know, there was a little ranking going out, you know, top 15, you know, podcasts. We come in at number eight, but... 
you know, you look at how many is connected to a radio station or, you know, media, legit media. We're, we're not affiliated with anybody. We don't have no. those resources to be on a radio show and not knocking any of those guys. John Neighbors, who's number one. Dude, come from the student section, went to ESPN Arkansas, now he's with the buzz with where we're at. Nothing but love and praising him because he's worked his ass off to get where he's at. But we take pride in where we were at, where we've come from, and where we're at now. So, no show next Sunday. Uh, we will have a women's show next Monday. I'm going to try to have somebody come on next Monday uh, for the women's show, I think from the gymnastics team. But for that... Uh, Porter Hayes, Jacob, you got anything else to add to that? Uh, Merry Christmas or anything into the year? Merry Christmas and go Hogs. All right. Well, hey, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas, and Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting on. And we will catch you in the new year. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. There we go. I know we went over at it. No, 